From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. My name is Manish Kata, and today, uh, per usual, I have uh, Jeff Goodner with me. Uh, I want to bring up a quick story before we jump into today's topic. A couple years ago, we were on this SEO kick where we wanted to figure out keywords that uh, advisors out there would use to find us. And we went through this whole project of of trying to imagine uh, what a financial advisor out there would do to search for a money manager. And, and search, I mean, in this terms, just straight Google searching. And we went through all these different things, and by the end of this, the the project, it, we came to the realization that we have actually no idea um, what <laughs> yeah. uh, what advisors type in. I, we, you know, we're historically known as an uh, investment strategist, a third party money manager. Uh, it, we, we go by a couple different terms, and more recently, a TAMP. Uh, but this sparked a conversation between you and I. Uh, what, what what do advisors do to find a manager, to find a strategist? You know, what is their process? And then we thought, hey, let, let's talk about this because uh, obviously our advisors are out there and, and, you know, we like that they use us, but they might want to try to find another uh, strategist. So what uh, what do you have in your mind? Yeah, so, uh, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I thought about uh, something along this line. And that is back in December, we created a podcast and it was called specifically from CPR, How to Find a Good Manager, Right. Um, the idea was we went through the whole due diligence process, things that, that y- you can do to determine whether or not they're a good manager. And I realized, as you and I were talking about this topic, that I think we need to rename that one because that had the premise. I didn't think about it at the time, but it had the premise that you've already found the manager. You're just trying to determine if they're good or not. Well, this is the missing piece. Today, we're going to talk about how do you actually find the damn manager? Right. So that's a good point. You know, yeah. So I, I think we need to rename that one, and then we'll roll with this one, uh, because this is is how do advisors find managers? Well, let, let's put a story out there. You're you're an independent RIA. You know you are uh, you're not associated with a broker dealer. You, have, you know, let's throw a number out there: thirty million dollars in assets, and you decide that you know you don't want to manage your own assets anymore. You want to outsource to a third party money manager. Uh, and you want to, you know, do it all yourself in terms of your infrastructure, but you just want to plug and play with different uh, manager strategists that are out there. You sit down, you're in front of your computer. I guess the first thing you do is Google. Go, <laughs> go. So what what do you, what do you type in? How do you search? What what do you think? What's going on? Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that is one of the ways, and, and we see this. We see that some people are just looking for, you know search for tactical manager or you know that uh you know third-party managers or those sorts of things now hold on hold on so let's talk about let's input versus output here right yeah if you put in tactical manager or if you put in third-party money manager that how google works is that that actual manager has to have a website Uh, on that website they have to have those terms listed and so it's uh, you're sort of throwing a dart at a very big board. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I just for for the sake of argument, typed in tactical manager, right? And you get 
things like strategic versus tactical leadership, tactical ma tactics manager soccer coaching. I mean, you know, it's all over the board. So there's just not well, a... We're, we're, I mean, also, we're also all over the board. Are we manager or strategist? What are we going with these days? Well, because of, uh, of the fact that we're seeing more and more advisors use us in the platform space, the TAMP space, uh, strategist seems to be the most common term I'd say probably the last two or three yeah. years. All right, let's go so, with that one. Rather than manager. For decades, we were just called ourselves a manager, a third-party manager, that sort of thing. So strategist. But I, I can't imagine anybody looking for a tactical strategist in a Google search. But you're right. That's SEO, that search engine optimization stuff. As you build your website and, and try and use the lingo that might be searched for, it's, it's tough. Because uh, everybody has their own perception and experience. So, okay, so, one of the, so Google searching isn't exactly going to uh, reap no, a lot of benefits. No, I don't think so. Yeah, you know, one out of every ten hits might be somebody you can look at. But okay, so, so the, all right, what is, the the second part, all right, you can't Google search, right? And and so if you're going to resources, if I was an RIA and had thirty million, most of my money would likely be at one custodian. So I would probably pick up the phone and, and call my relationship manager at the custodian. Um, how, how, does that, uh, how does that play out? Yeah, so a lot of custodians will have their own, we'll call them SMA list, a, 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 you know, a manager list, a strategist list, whatever word or term you want to use. Um, and, and it was fairly narrow, but the reality is, when I say fairly narrow, for the most part, they're made up of the, just these big, huge monster RAA firm names you know, the Brandis and, and stuff like that, right? These, these big, huge uh, managers. So as an RAA, one of the things that most of those those firms we're talking about, right, that 20 30 $50 million RAA, you've distinguished yourself as small is good, right? And if you have the same name as a man, for the managers you're using as everybody else on the planet, you've basically just commoditized yourself right out of that game. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. I got it. I, I love this point. I got to make it. Uh, we were talking to a, uh, a major custodian recently. Well, I wouldn't say major, but a custodian recently about getting on their model marketplace or their, 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 their uh, SMA, whatever you want to call it. And they sent us this due diligence questionnaire. And one of the questions was, uh, or requirements is, you know, that we require four uh, staff members uh, fully dedicated to compliance. Uh, and I thought to myself, what, what the f do four compliance people even do? Like, how how big do you have to be to require four compliance people? Um, and then right then and there, I knew, like, look, this isn't for us. You know, to your point, th this is, you know, they're they're filling, um, you know, the, the classroom with the Black Rocks of the world and the Brandis and things like Correct. that. And that's it. And then and and that's that could be a problem. Usually, when you're smaller RAs, you like working with smaller boutique managers. Um, but I, that's, that was an experience we, we recently had. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody has a guy, you know, I would love it if an advisor would, would send me a comment, uh, go to our connect us page on potomacfund.com. But how many compliance people does it take to change a light bulb? There's gotta be a great punchline in there somewhere. <laughs> God, I hope we never have four. Um, anyway, so that, but that's one of the things, right? There's, there's really, there's really two components to those custodian environments. Typically one is. I'll, for lack of a better phrase, I'll say the true tamp where you're just turning over the keys and letting that strategist manage the assets and do the trades and so forth. And now a lot of custodians are opening up more of the model marketplace, which 
there's a lot of these terms end up being interchanged, but, but let's say the model marketplace is more along the lines of you, the advisor can choose the signals from different man, uh, different strategists, and you can incorporate those into your own portfolios. Where and you I think are the that, model. that's a topic. That's a topic in itself because right. there was right. actually some cute confusion, even amongst us when we yeah. had a company a company meeting. We were talking about some different uh, platforms uh, that are looking to add our strategies, and, and there was some internal confusion on the difference between you know a TAMP and a model marketplace. Right. Which let's well, let's pull that out for a separate topic yeah yeah we can discuss that more in another another podcast uh but but again those are you know their their names right i mean in the end when you're talking about searching or finding the hardest part is just actually getting names where you can then maybe go to a website or you can go somewhere because you know the name of the firm and you can dig in a little bit more or communicate with them so there's a couple of places there with a custodian that you can get some names and okay. outside of that the custodian might have some performance filters much like many of these tamp platforms you know where you just know who had the best three year and the best beta and the best whatever so yeah we i remember we had a, a email from one of the performance filter folks who are like hey you won the best quarter award i'm like <laughs> yeah all right that's, that, that's 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 really something we should market you know here here's a 31 year track record but hey use us because of the best quarter um anyway <laughs> moving on here that the, so you have uh google searching which is kind of blah that's not going to work uh, custodians, which might have a, a glimmer of hope, um, and this next one probably is what most advisors do, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, networking. What do you uh, yeah. What do you think here? Uh, yeah, I think I think this is a toughie because you know when you're talking about the independent RAA. Now, obviously, if somebody's been in business 20, 25 years, very few people start with just their own RAA. Most start with they were at a broker dealer. You know, they were thrown against the wall, see if they sunk or swim. Um, and and so they had you know broker dealer conferences and those sorts of things where strategists might come in and they might get a name there and then they would also meet other advisors and and have those communal events right where they can get to talk to people and see what others are doing as an independent advisor especially if you're on your own or you know you only have one other other partner business partner um, it's a lot harder because there aren't typically conferences that you're going to go to in that same manner i mean you might have a custodian conference but then we're back to the topic we just spoke about, right? The only people you're, the only names you're going to see are, are there. So I think it's just a little bit harder in the independent, R, truly independent RAA space where you have no broker dealer affiliation, um, because you just don't have that many events where you're getting together with six, eight, ten, twenty, a hundred different advisors, and then you find a few that you get along with really well. Because the reality is, even if you like a manager and you, a strategist and you tell them that hey these this group has worked really great for me uh, and this was your point when we were talking about earlier that that other advisor can only take that with a grain of salt because if they're not using the same set of strategists that you are that may not be a good fit right just well, because a so strategist is good in one environment doesn't mean that they're good with another mix of strategists it's it's the cocktail uh party stock conversation you know someone will always tell you you should buy Apple. It's a great stock. But that certain person's not going to come back and tell you when to sell. And and it's the same thing. You know, advisors talk and you can recommend, hey, this this tactical manager, this small cap manager is phenomenal. They've done a great job. But they're not going to then call you and tell you, you know, hey, they, they, they're they out of favor. They don't match well with what I have. <laughs> and and so that that's the, the, the hard part about the networking angle. Uh, it's not a true ongoing 
OCIO relationship where there's where there's ongoing advice. So yeah. um, the the last point, which I think you know, you spent some time researching, which to me is the best way to go about it, but it costs some money, is to formally engage a software company that tracks uh, managers. And most of these companies use the Morningstar SMA database, uh, which tracks third-party money managers or strategists. And for a fee, we'll, we'll provide you a software to go through that. What, what did you find um, when, when you started researching uh, for us, uh, you know, what, what software to, to use? Yeah, so there are a lot of different names. Uh, Morningstar, Informa, Advisory World. Uh, there are a lot of different uh, entities. I know there's another one getting ready to come out that we're, we're excited to, to see uh, from Ycharts. But uh, you know, there, there are a lot of different sources to get that kind of thing. Uh, but the biggest problem, if I had to narrow it down to one issue, is that your research there starts with the performance. right? Because it's all about the data. And, and you can't there's not really a word for it. You can't turn qualitative details into data. And my premise or my thought process has always been, I want to know everything about a company first, and then the numbers validate that my expectations from what they say they do and how they do it match up with the actual results. Right. So can I, can I, I want to, I want to interject here because yeah. I have a, a, a great point that you and I have chuckled about over the years qualitative versus quantitative there was a firm in the 2007 2008 period that was uh let's say you check the returns out it's great from a qualitative standpoint they had a red light green light system as value kept uh declining and things became more of a value they would purchase more and they never necessarily had an out filter uh, a way to get out of that trade and as value declined in 2008 mm -hmm. they kept buying more and more and more of it and so you're never going to see that in a one three five ten year performance filter but if you know that ahead of time uh, that that they don't have those uh, mechanisms to exit stage left uh, that might be better um, information for you right and, and i think that's a great point to to qualitative versus the quant side of it yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the phrase, don't catch a falling knife. Uh, that's where it comes from, is those kinds of situations. Uh, you know, you, you, I always think you need to understand what they're supposed to do, and then the numbers make sense. Because if you just look at uh, that's, you know, kind of to your point of the best performance of the quarter, right? I mean, if you don't really understand how they do or what they do, well, maybe they shouldn't have been number one. And the fact that they got that award, that, that might actually be a red flag because they're not doing something that they were supposed to do. Maybe this is a period they should have struggled, and yet here they are winning awards. So you've got to keep your eyes open on that qualitative piece, and none of these data systems are going to do that. So and, that and sort of goes... 2020 is going to be a good year for that, right? I mean, if you have someone who historically has been, you know, uh, certain standard deviation, certain tracking, and all of a sudden, you know, they, they made some tech plays and they're up 60%, um, you know, mm -hmm. is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, and and uh, I think that's important. But here, here's another thing. Uh, aside from that, the biggest hurdle for advisors going after these uh, pieces of software is cost. I mean, you looked and it was all over the place. I mean, I think Morningstar data yeah. just to access it is going to be twenty grand, and an advisor in a certain AUM range is, is frankly not going to pay that much to review managers. They're just not. Right, right. Um, and you know, on on one hand, though, from a, even from a data standpoint, even though it's all 
it's all essentially almost the same data. Uh, there are providers that will use Morningstar data, in fact, right? Even though you're using their their front end, you know, you may pay $1,500 instead of $20,000, but you sort of get what you pay for. How clunky is it? How much time do you waste waiting for it to process information, et cetera, et cetera? So, yeah, there's just, there's not a graceful, well, there's, a graceful there's answer. No one, there's no, yeah, there's no one using Morningstar that's 1500 I know there's Lipper is another source of SMA data, but that's besides the point. Yeah. You're, you're going to be paying uh, uh, in the thousands uh, to access this, yeah. uh, and and then you're, you're likely on your own to filter through and, and create um, uh, your, your different criteria. So, um Okay, cool. Well, what else? Anything else yeah. on your mind about about how to search for strategists? No, I just I think this was kind of a fun topic because, uh, like I said, that realization, the epiphany for me that that I started at step number two with our former podcast without even realizing it, uh, I, I think was was eye opening for me, right? And we're the ones that are creating this content, so I think this was a good one to just really step back and say, hey, look, advisors, it's not easy. Number one. Don't feel bad because you're struggling to find a manager, physically find them, because there is, there's just no great simple solution there. Um, and, and all the more reason that, uh, you know, look for an OCIO. You can, there's some folks that you can hire outside. There, some TAMPs offer OCIO. There's a lot, of, a lot of other kinds of ways to find that. But just on your own, randomly starting to go for a search, good luck. That's, it's good just luck. not easy. Yeah. All right, recommendations this week. I have uh, I have one actually that's going to be on top of one that I said earlier. Uh, there was a real estate. I'm looking for housing, and there's a real estate company that you know would let you do all the searching. And so, what happened was, you know, our schedules are chaotic, right? We're trying to find times between nap times and babysitters, and so I started using Redfin, and I love it. You can on the app book a tour time. And any Redfin agent in the area would pick that up and show you the place. There's no commitment. Um, and you can book any tour time on your schedule. They show you the place. And I think Redfin pays the agents maybe $30, $40 to show the place for you. And then if you want to use a Redfin agent, you, you can. And in this process, we, we met a Redfin agent that was pretty awesome. And so we've started talking to her and engaging her. But the point is, rather than trying to find an agent and fit this all into multiple people's schedule, you just book it on the app and go see it whenever you want. And uh, it's been so convenient uh, not having to juggle not only our schedule, but but the agent's schedule as well. And I think you get a refund through Redfin as well on... um, uh, when you when you buy something so anyway that that's my my new toy yeah well that's cool and once again we find and we see that that technology if used properly and understood continues to simplify life that's uh, that but, is a but recurring here, here, theme. On. I, technology with human touch and and that's the yeah. thing it, the, the technology and this is why technology has not disrupted real estate uh, because you know you still need that human touch in a lot of this, uh, in a lot in a lot of the process that goes into buying a home. So, anyway, that's uh, that's what I got for for, for today. What's uh, what's yeah. on your mind? Yeah. So so something that uh, this is actually a weird recommendation because it's not something that I use, but rather my my uh, sister in law and brother in law use, and that's a, a, a Venton bikes. They're e bikes. A Venton. A V E N T O N. Um, and, you know, I was a bit skeptical because I love to ride. Um, what I will say is it's awesome because having that little bit of electric power to enable 
longer rides, faster rides, if that gets you out there, and it has for them, and it's they are much more healthy, without a doubt, um, you know, I think that's worth its weight in gold. So, again, it's one of those deals where, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily a big fan of myself because I want to go through blood, sweat, and tears. God knows I need it. I eat too much. Um, but, you know, if, if it again, if it gets you out there and gets you out on a longer, a 20-mile, a 30-mile ride instead of a 5-mile ride where you're dying, then great. Go for it because the enjoyment will get you to ride more often. So the Aventon bike, uh, Aventon bike is pretty cool. Uh, I gave it a test ride. Um, so for those that maybe struggle a little bit more with the thought of, well, I can only ride a mile or, or whatever, hey, try it out. I, I think it, it would be worth it. Yeah. So there All right, you go. Cool. Well, that'll do it for us today. Uh, visit our Connect Us page to send us any questions. You can also email us at info at potomacfund.com. And uh, we look forward to speaking to everyone again. All right. Have a good one. We're out. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.